I'm an old broken down piece of meat. And I'm alone. You stupid fucking blabbermouth! Take a stand. Baby bitches leave. Hey team, welcome back to Enough, the only podcast where you can hear a couple of guys talk about the movies. I'm Yo. Scott Sweeney here with Ryan Ankner. How are you, friend? Uh, what's happening, hoops? <laughs> I mean, I thought tonight we'd talk about a little news before we head off to the theater to see Dear Evan Hansen. I know you're really <laughs> fired up about this. I actually uh, got us an advanced screener copy. Oh, thank God. But unfortunately, uh, my entire home burned down last night oh, and it was fuck. destroyed. <laughs> we were actually doing the podcast from a, a rented U-Haul truck yes. with the remainder of my belongings in it. Chill Zone Mobile. We're switching it up. But yeah, that movie, that's the only like big new release this week. And I love how much people online are just eviscerating it quite frankly. Good. It looked bad. I don't like... Um, ben Platt. There it is. Who's 28 years old, portraying a high schooler in this supposed to be very serious film about suicide, I think. Ugh. He plays someone who like pretends he was friends with this kid who committed suicide. Oh, so the exact plot of World's Greatest Dad, basically? Yeah. Or whatever. But with no laughs, aside from him like, you know, pretending to be a high schooler. And he was like in the play version and they did this whole thing like no one else could have played the role. And it's like, well, I bet you're regretting going through with it because everyone online is just bidding the shit out of him. Like, oh, he looks like Michael Showalter in Wet Hot American Summer when they're like making fun of the idea of how old they are playing high schoolers. Oh, that's funny. But they're just actually doing it. Coop, wait. <laughs> Folks, if you've never seen Wet Hot American Summer. I feel like it's on Prime, like. In perpetuity. Yeah. Just get in there. The Netflix show's it's not It's so great, fucking good. But the movie is like a classic. And I thought we'd talk about the Emmys for a hot minute. I mean, no one can shut up about them. Everyone's all fired up about them. They loved watching it, discussing it. The, <laughs> the Emmys, I believe, had the lowest... Uh, the Emmys and the VMAs both had the lowest ratings like in history. Yeah. And they were both the last couple of weeks. That's the big story every time they have a new award show. It's just like, new low, ratings-wise. Yeah, no one gives a shit anymore. Yeah, fucking... We're here at the Emmys. Uh, it's a magical night tonight. Um, we're on the red carpet, and uh, next up, we want to talk to... Um... <sighs> Ooh. <laughs> Who's the celebrity that's dead? We got a bit give up. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> strolling in. <laughs> I'm doing like the reverse of that. that Such a magical night. But yeah, fucking Ted Lasso and The Crown won like everything. They won I, like best I did the like put on Ted Lasso, give it one minute and then shut it off for the fourth time this week. Yeah. It's the show that's too good to be funny. And it's like embarrassing. This is the best we got. Like some cheeky British shows. The Crown's about the royal family, obviously. I don't watch it. Did you ever try that? 
Uh, I shut that off too. Yeah. Yeah. People always talk about how great it is. Like, you don't watch The Crown. I'm like, do I look like the kind of guy who watches The Crown? <laughs> I'm a big dummy. You like, think that's I'm not taking something, in? Yeah, that's not something the... I'm just going to settle in for. Yeah. It's absurd. And just everything nominated. I was like, this is what we got. This is like the best of. Remember, like a few years ago when, like, you know, Breaking Bad, Mad Men. Game of Thrones, other like actual good shows were up for stuff. I do indeed. Now the awards, I'm just like, ugh, these shows. I watched an an old James Gandolfini Emmys speech. What the fuck? And it made me sad because not only was there a better time, it was he and Edie Falco presenting. What a car. They were both just classic them and like she was calling him Jimmy and it just made, made me sad. Yeah. And it was like, not only just because he's dead and The Sopranos is over. What the fuck? But because we'll never, like that moment just encapsulates like everything good about the 90s and television and early 2000s. And we'll just, that's, it's never coming back. Mm. Like, it's just like, everyone talks about like, oh, well, all these original shows and like, there's some decent stuff out there. But like what, like the mayor of Easttown <laughs> swept certain dramatic categories <laughs> and like, I, it was fine. I couldn't get into that one. I didn't really care and there's like a big twist and we're supposed to love that but few twists i don't know i'm just i'm sort of like and i'm not saying i don't like succession and uh, you know i can't really think of any other emmy winners that i'm that hung up on right now yeah almost everything i was seeing i was just like this this guy or this show although hacks won uh some like writing and directing awards which is uh feel like underseen smart one too hbo max show yeah she won also i feel like nobody's watching that that and the other two if you have hbo max pop those on you'll have a laugh (laughs) and they also did this bit about like cedric the entertainer hosted which i thought was unusual wasn't he rapping at one point i mean he is an entertainer that would fall under his purview Mm. probably just does it all but I feel like I haven't seen him in anything in like 12 years and he's getting this hosting gig. I don't know. Maybe they just couldn't get anybody else. Is he like a Steve Harvey type where he's just like everybody's loving him and he can do no wrong and they'll just sort of throw gigs in his face? Well, I mean, they're both original kings of comedy. That's sort of where my head is at with that. Not just because they're both black guys. Yeah. Um, why don't we do, I actually have birthdays this week. I goofed on that last week. So can we eke those in? Please. I'm going to turn my birthday music up. Big week of birthdays this week. Nicole Richie is 40. That's hot. And she accidentally set herself on fire blowing out her birthday candles. Did you see that video? I posted it. That's literally hot. Like, oh my God, my hair. <laughs> That's dangerously hot, Nicole. Get away from that Jason fire. Derulo is 32. <laughs> and You know that bit everyone always does where like, breaking news, Jason Derulo is just falling down the stairs at the... Right, the Met Gala. Yeah. That never happening is my favorite thing. Always funny. Um, Stephen King is 74. Ooh, spooky. Ready for as many more films as he can possibly be a part of. Yeah. Get that producer dough. Bill Murray is 71. Quirky. Wacky. Jason Alexander is 62. Hell yeah. And Dave Coulier is also 62. A couple comedy legends sneaking in there at the tail. And yes, I'm lumping Jason Alexander in with Dave Coulier. Yeah, Coulier is probably the funniest guy who ever lived. Yeah. You know, him and Charlie Chaplin. He never had like any sort of like comeback. 
Like Tarantino yeah. should have snuck Coulier into something and like given him a whole second life of a career. That would have been cool. As what, like the gimp in Pulp Fiction? <laughs> yes. That would have been Coulier. <laughs> and did you see Elon Musk and Grimes have broken up after three years of marriage together? And I believe they just had a child somewhat recently. Say the child's name. Yeah, isn't it like a bunch of blips and blobs? I don't know how to. I think it has like numbers in it. It does. They're like a wacky cartoon couple. And I thought they were going to make it, but they went ahead and and called it. Someone online had a good bit. They did SpaceX, but like EX with a picture of them. Ah, I get it. I get it. It's like, that's fun. (laughs) Ah, having a laugh. (laughs) We thought they were going to make it. It's fucked up. How much of a, like, do you think he had a good prenup or do you think she's just going to walk with a trillion dollars? I mean, that seems like it would be the move. He has, like, all the dough on earth and she probably, yeah, get in there. Why not? Lucy uh, just bought a Tesla. So perhaps, you know, now that Elon is single and we own a Tesla, like, he'll have more time to come hang out with us. Like, he'll come deliver the car himself. I hope he has a fucked up, like, breakup phase. He, like, records a song with Kanye and does a bunch of cool fucking club guy stuff. Do you remember when he recorded the DJ song, like, two years ago? It was released? It's really not good. I didn't know he was a recorder at all. So this could actually happen. (laughs) He has... It was on Spotify. Oh, my God. Here it is. Elon EDM Musk. The song is called Don't Doubt Your Vibe. Oh, I do remember this now. Super embarrassing. It's making me doubt his vibe, quite frankly. He is not passing the vibe check, as the uh, Gen Z kids say. (laughs) Yeah. Grimes actually has a couple cuts. You were playing one a couple seconds ago. She's, you know, a little wacky. And I don't think her new album was had this stuff, but it's on California's good. She's just pushing out kids naming them all sorts of wacky stuff. We'll see how this shakes yeah, out. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure they'll be fine. Speaking of futuristic fucked up dopeness, Scott Bakula says significant conversations occurring about a Quantum Leap reboot. Oh? Your thoughts? Um, Were you a Quantum Leap guy? Not really. Mm. Not really. I, a, I don't remember it. That's a show we used to watch in like a kind of bitwise manner. Like that and MacGyver, sometimes right. we throw on to be like, oh, this is like a cheesy old show that's actually enjoyable. And I know you're a big Bacula guy. I was going to say, I'm a Bacula fan, as you know, from TNT's Men of a Certain Age, Cheers. which was canceled way before its time. I'm still a member of the Facebook group, Save Men of a Certain Age. <laughs> wow. It's a real thing. There are hundreds of members. This might be the biggest reveal we've ever had on this program. I didn't tell you that. No. That's, it's important. <laughs> I think you guys should all get on board. Holy shit. It was what? Uh, Andre Brower, Scott Bakula, and Ray Romano. Yeah. It's like the trio of a lifetime. Yeah, really? What more do you need? It was. I'm, this is me with zero irony, not even making a joke. Yeah. It was an awesome show. You loved this. I loved that show. It had that like Paddleton energy, just like three middle-aged dudes like palling around and like they're realistic lives, you know, like one of them's like a car salesman and the other one is a, uh, just like a single guy. And I don't know, Mm. they're all kind of like, they're figuring it out and divorced. And 
I don't think I ever even gave it a fair shake. It's probably streaming on something. It's Maybe I'll got to be on stone. Hulu. We'll do a Men of a Certain Age spectacular. But yeah, Bacula is back. Bacula. <laughs> right, what if I told you that Burger King has a new Nelly meal? Ryan Crickets. Just, Ryan just fainted because he's so <laughs> starstruck. That's shocking. Yeah, they're trying to get into the meal game, like McDonald's. Be like, oh, we have fucking... Nelly has a meal, which is a Whopper with cheese, lettuce, tomato, onions, mayo, and ketchup. Oh. Small fries and a small Sprite. It comes with a Band-Aid on the box? Yeah. Nelly's not a very creative guy. He's just... Nope. Got a Whopper, fries, and a Sprite. You can, you can dump cough medicine right into the Sprite to make lean. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dog. But, I mean... Nelly likes Cedric. These are people I haven't heard about in a while, and it's like, good they're getting something, I guess. You can actually only pay for the Nelly meal with EBT cards. No. <laughs> that sounds like it might be accurate. And they also, they had two other ones, but they're people I don't even know. They're like sidecar. Can you imagine the, like, the, like, I'm picturing, like, fat white girls in Rockland buying the Nelly meal. Like, I'm gonna have the Nelly meal. I heard it's wicked good. Yeah. (laughs) And then just like, all the rappers go on the floor of their car for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it has, you know, like when you get into somebody's old Toyota and it has that like inside of a cloth interior with a lot of fast food trash on the floor smell mixed with like weed and cigarettes and bath and body work stuff or something. Yeah, like when you know I get into I'm my car. About. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> he gets it. He's laughing. He's back. But yeah, the did you see that Family Guy PSA about COVID? Where Peter was saying COVID or something? I didn't even watch all. It's like a two and a half minute thing where... Is it a joke or are they really trying to get us vaccinated? No, it's like them trying to like get to, I guess a part of their fan base that they think the characters, the animated characters on Family Guy can speak to, to like, you know, try to get some information to them. It's like Stewie and Brian floating around inside a body, like magic school bus wise, trying oh. to explain COVID. I'm sure Peter pops by and does something. If only there was some sort of team of people. Yeah. It's just kind of lame that they made it and that they f- feel like they had to and the fact that it probably worked on some people <laughs> there's yeah. got to be at least one person out there oh, who, like learned about what covid was and that it's a problem finally from this ad imagine just not knowing what covid is like two years into the virus happening yeah like the virus was that we were hearing about it at christmas time 2019 mm-hmm. so we're closing out this like it's fall 2021 if you haven't heard about this virus yet or if you aren't vaccinated you don't Mm. it's it's (laughs) it's past due like figure that out folks did you hear (laughs) yeah chris rock just got covid did you see that well let's get all the covid fucking news out of the way i have a few of them chris rock got covid yes i did and he tweeted about it. And then also like two days ago, half of the hosts on The View got found out they had COVID right in the middle of the show. Yeah. And I think, um, what's her face? The Kamala, Kamala Harris was about to come on. Oh my goodness. And then, then she just left. Like they didn't even have her come out because of the COVID exposure. We did it, Joe. We got COVID. Yeah, I saw that clip. It's funny because yeah, it happens in the middle of the show. Yes. It's just like, um, I'm 
getting a report here that I have COVID and we're going to leave. Let's go, Joy. I'm going to go. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Absurd stuff out there. And the fat guy from the meme fedora, Jerry Messina or Jerry Messing, also has COVID and he is paralyzed in the arms and legs. Yeah. I know him. You sent that picture. Yes. He's in that Nathan for you episode where oh, he like rounds up all the sides or something like that. He plays a guy who does like paranormal investigating oh. type stuff. Yeah. I wish I could remember the name of the episode because it's a fucking all timer. If you haven't seen Nathan for you rip Oof. through literally all of them. It is one of the funnier is, would you call it sketch? It's not really sketch. It's like Ish. theater of the mind kind of comedy. Yeah. Parody show, I yeah, guess you could say. Because real people are involved. It's tough to call it sketch. The thing is, is a lot of them are fake real people. You like, think? It's, well, I know. I, I met one oh. of them. Remember, there's one scene where a guy is supposed to be a private investigator or something. And he's not actually a private investigator. He's, I met him. Bum, bum. Legitimately, I used to bartend. At it was a at the gay night at at Avalon in Hollywood when I lived out there and it oh. was he was there with like a bunch of dudes and I was like I and I recognized him I was like you're that I was like aren't you the guy that was like the private investigator or the private detective and he was like yeah I'm actually just an actor oh shit so some of that show is fake which you, is kind of a bummer you became a private investigator and debunked him he was like they paid him to pretend to have a side gig and like have. Nathan Fielder goof on him. Yeah. But when he, a lot of the times he's like doing a bit and the people's genuine reactions is like the joke. I feel like those people are all real. It's gotta be, right? But, but who knows? My guess is it's like some sort of like assisted reality where like certain bits that they really need to drive home, they have to hire someone for. Yeah. But like a lot of it is just like anything can make this funny. Yeah. Big fan. Either way. And I know you'll be excited about this. A Pitch Perfect series ordered at Peacock with Adam Devine reprising his role as Bumper. Starring with, oh, I guess Elizabeth Banks is producing it. She'll probably pop by. Visionary director Elizabeth Banks (laughs) of Charlie's Angels fame. Yes, the very same. She's batting a thousand, huh? Yes. That was a turkey for the ages she's just trying to recreate that lightning in a bottle from zach and miri make a porno i actually like that movie what do you like about it i think she's delightful in it (laughs) you and make a porno kevin smith that's like your dream your dream set right there kevin smith and seth rogan yeah us just having a toast you starstruck me doing impressions of both of them. I'm surprised. Immediately hating me. <laughs> when we were talking about the Emmys, you didn't mention Seth Rogen's polarizing Emmys speech where he's just like, they told us this was going to be outside. Like, we're inside. Oh, yeah. Like, what is it more important that we get this chandelier in here? Yeah. Like, they put a roof on this tent. He was very funny. Yeah, he, that, he killed it. He's like, what's more important? We got to have a chandelier on the ceiling, but I kill Eugene <laughs> Levy? Like, that made me laugh. <laughs> I'm dead. What? Oh, and Chelsea Handler is dating comedian Joe Coy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She has such a strange dating history. He used to always be on her show, I feel. I feel like they're like a package deal. I don't really care about either of them, so that's fine. Joe Coy. I feel like he's kind of a dud. Uh, Maybe I haven't seen him. I might be thinking of someone else. 
But honestly, I'm gonna go on the record. I was going to say, whoever you're confusing him <laughs> with is probably just as funny and just as dudsy all at once. Going on the record with it. That whole, there's like a category of dudes that, the, that like, like Steve Byrne, mm. Joe Coy, Carrot Top. <laughs> I have like a category of like comedians that exist and then are on things and I know their faces and I've seen enough minutes of their stand-up to know I don't like them and that's it. Yeah, that's fair. And I sent you this the other day, but it's just been boggling my mind all week. Uh, Kelsey Grammer made an appearance yesterday <laughs> at the Faith American Brewing Company to autograph and promote his new line of beers. No which good. Are, which are like a faith-based kind of beer. You have a big beer. Faith American IPA. And Is he a God guy? I guess. I thought he was like better than this. This is like something that apparently not i don't know like the guy who was his boss on frazier should be doing it's like doesn't he have money why are you well when you get a i guess 13 year marriage ending with camille grammar (laughs) and she walks with 30 mil Mm -hmm. at like the peak of your career and then frazier sort of like gets you that syndication money i guess but like then he got married three more times and i love how she's become something of a celebrity just being on those real housewives shows and like making fun of him for right the rest of her life just being a clam and having yucks at his expense oh kelsey getting all fired up falling off stage my goodness him falling off the stage is pretty much funnier than anything that ever happened on frasier by miles and i don't dislike frasier i just really like that video it's fun it is probably his best work and he's supposedly like doing that Frasier reboot, but no one else from the original show is coming back. Like no Niles. Sounds like it's going to be awful. Niles, you're so corpulent. <laughs> Magnificently appointed Tuscan Villa. And oh, you're really going to love this. Tiger King is coming back this year with a sequel documentary that promises just as much mayhem and madness as season one. I said this last year. (laughs) I'll say it again. The people involved in like zoo, like ghetto style, and I don't know how to word this properly, but like just low budget shitty zoos where you cart in a bunch of, you know, apex predators from India or Asia, wherever, put them in a small ass dirty cage and domesticate them using weird pills and like awkward training methods, basically making them house cats. Mm. And then like you're they're like Joe Coy, Joe Coy, (laughs) Joe exotic. And the rest of those people, they're basically like just greasy trailer trash promoting some sort of snake oil show. Yeah. And the fact that, so many people were locked in quarantine got be and getting behind the first season of like if one more person had recommended that show to me i would have had to go into quarantine just from that just so that i didn't have to hear about it anymore yeah it was entertaining for a bit like you know they're dopes you can laugh at them they're like awful shitty people so you can just enjoy it on that level but yeah it's enough with them even though they canceled like the nicholas cage show they were gonna make cancel all of it like it it's over. Yeah, we don't we don't need more of that. The guy's in prison. This sequel series is just going to be him, like, just running his mouth from prison, talking about... I don't even know what. It's just, who cares? It's over. <laughs> it's over. 
I have. I don't know. I don't even have anything to say about it. Yeah, like it's in the open. It's, it's dead and buried. I'm repeating what I said last year. It's exploitive. It's stupid. It's And it's also like default as hell to get behind a show like that. Like, oh, well, everybody else at my Zoom meeting was talking about it, so. No. I hate water cooler TV. I really do. I get mm. behind some of it and don't necessarily share that with people, but like. I don't know. I'm a big Bachelor guy. That's really the only like true, true guilty pleasure that I have. Batch. Um, everyone online's very fired up about the animated Mario movies voice cast. Did you see this? You hear about this? Yeah, I did. Chris Pratt as Mario, famous Italian American Chris Pratt, snagged the coveted role of everyone's favorite uh, Italian plumber. He's such a douche. Yeah, you hate to see him getting work, and it happens a lot. He has two of the biggest franchises in existence right now with Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic Park. Correct. Because how many more Jurassic Parks are coming? At least two? They have one final one they made. They'll probably make another one if it does I well. bet it'll be two more. Seems right. And he's definitely getting another Guardians as yeah. soon as James Gunn finishes that up because he was what doing suicide I think, I think they start filming it soon right that third one but yeah, as i've said a million times i don't know why they waste money on you know getting celebrities to do the voices in an animated kids movie it's like does no kid is sold on the fact that like oh chris pratt's doing the voice of mario now i'll see it like it's mario you don't need to it doesn't need to be a celebrity's voice. Just cast like an unknown or a voice actor. Give them some work for crying out loud. It seems just like stupid. And the rest of the cast, they got Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. She's getting a ton of work right now. Jack Black as Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key <laughs> as Toad. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. <laughs> Throwing barrels. They're full of weed. <laughs> Greenlight. And then a couple, Sebastian Maniscalco is Spike, which as you were saying, I'm like, Spike, he can't be anybody but himself. Couldn't be less of a voice actor. He's yeah. one of the most physical people I've ever seen. He talks, he's Italian. He talks like with his hands. Yeah. He moves around a lot. His voice is very distracting. They should have cast fucking Michael Gandolfini as Mario. What the fuck? How yeah, fuck we'll, dare you? we'll see if he's any good next week when we watch Sons of Anarchy or whatever that movie's <laughs> called. The many boondock saints of Boston. But yeah, this new Mario, I don't really care that much. It's a kid's movie. It's Mario. The yeah, I, I won't watch it. The, the one that came out in the 2000s, or I'm sorry, the 90s when we were kids was, as you mentioned, was a little scary and yeah. just weird. It's like a nightmare movie. Yes. I can't believe it's even about Mario. It's, uh, it's not what you want. I'm pretty sure that movie soured me on John Leguizamo permanently. Well, that's fucked up. That and Empire and Spun. <laughs> yeah. And, and everything else he like, did. I could keep going. I mean, he hasn't had that illustrious of a career. What's that movie where he plays a teacher in the inner city that just came out that I just shut off? I know what you're talking about. Can't it's like a Dangerous title. Minds type of movie. It's not good. No. He's not a bad actor either. Like him doing like it's a one man show and like it just I'm just I'm I'm good. No thanks. He's good in Spawn as that clown sidecar. That's the movie they need to remake and do it right. Because yeah. Spawn is a cool character. Spawn is cool. Spawn is like a Venom kind of cool, like where he's like an underdog, dark side, good guy. Yeah. Um, er. Um, er, Image Comics. 
And you hit me with this little piece of intel that floored me. Uh, Brett Ratner, excuse me, visionary director <laughs> Brett Ratner is working on a Millie Vanilli biopic. Him just going on like a Me Too hiatus for eight years <laughs> and roaring back in with a biopic about a one-hit wonder lip-syncing duo that everyone <laughs> forgot existed who's yeah. under 40. It's like, this will hit. This is what the world needs to see. For people who don't aren't familiar with Brett Ratner's canon of work, uh, he made two of the worst entries in very popular franchises. He made X-Men 3, which everyone hated, and Red Dragon, that Silence of the Lambs movie that like barely even exists, even though it has one of the best casts I've like ever seen in a movie. I almost just spit my Gatorade out. <laughs> it's Didn't such- we see that in the theaters? Oh, no, that was Hannibal. We probably saw both. I probably did, yeah. I think I own it. But he did do the Rush Hours before all that, which are actually fun movies. And then like a bunch of music videos and all sorts of interesting... Like he was a guy in the 90s. Yeah. And recently now it's just the lid has blown off that he's like a greasy Harvey Weinstein type. Yes. And I'm surprised they are letting him do anything. Yeah, this feels like it might not even happen. That movie looks like it's going to be on the shelf forever. I remember a couple years ago, he was about to make a Hugh Hefner biopic with Jared Leto as Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Can you imagine that movie? That movie should exist, just because it would be such a hot turkey. Jared Leto just sauntering around the actual Playboy Mansion yeah. with like a velvet robe on and slippers. I hate it already. Like, yeah, baby. Is that what Hugh Hefner sounds like? Uh, sure. Caitlin? Yeah. <laughs> I realize I don't know what Hugh Hefner sounds like. But yeah, his we'll see if Millie Vanilli ever comes to see the light of day. Um, did you see that trailer for the tragedy of Macbeth, the new Joel Cohen movie. His I'm st- I'm still on my no trailers kick. Oh yeah. Kids unsullied, but Joel Cohen, his first movie without his brother of the famous Cohen brothers. He's got a new movie. Denzel's playing Macbeth. Francis okay, McDormand's okay. in there. It's uh, it looks good. It's black and white. It looks very artsy, and uh, I will watch it. Four-ish. Is it a twenty-four? I do believe it is. It is, yeah. Yeah, I'll watch that. I love yeah, Denzel. I, think- I love the Coen Brothers, and I love a twenty-four. So, unfortunately, yeah. Shakespeare is way over my head and boring, and I'm a bit of a dummy. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, I hope they don't. I hope it's not like full Shakespeare talk. If that makes any sense. I hope they it just does. speak normally. I don't want to, I can't keep up no. with the, whatever you call that stuff. The Shakespeare stuff. Is it iambic pentameter? Ooh. The I, way they write that? Monty, check in and tell me if I'm correct or not with that, because I'm an idiot. I'm in on it. Speaking of idiots, uh, Dan Levy, son of Eugene Levy, who Ugh. came up earlier, has formed a creative partnership with Netflix that will have the Emmy winner create original content across films and series. Woof. And he'll just wear weird outfits to get attention throughout. Yeah. Hopefully, so tired of him. Yeah. Hopefully he makes a trilogy of uh, American Pie prequels where he plays the younger version of Eugene Levy's character from those movies that i would be okay with yeah that's the only thing i'll allow but i don't think he's gonna do that probably not and he was at the emmys like doing a whole thing it's like i don't know we heard you yeah it's like your show's over you won the emmy last year now you uh... (laughs) i don't know he's he's a good jeff if i've ever seen one 
Um, Daniel Craig did a big farewell speech after wrapping the final Bond. Did you see that video? I saw that there's like a documentary about Daniel Craig out now too. Oh, uh, there's like oh, yeah, a lot of Daniel Craig buzz happening that I'm not really paying attention to, to be honest. Yeah. He just gives a quick, like, Mate. you know, they did five movies over like 15 years and he gave like a little summation speech. It was kind of charming. It's worth a watch just because it's short. And that new Bond does finally come out at some point in October. Like th- I, was, I thought it was Thanksgiving. Maybe November. Yeah. We'll see that. They pushed chance. it countless times, so I don't even remember anymore. That movie was supposed to come out in, like, 2019, I yes, feel. Yes, it was. In, like, November of that. I feel like they pushed it naturally, and then COVID happened, and it got pushed, like, three more times just because of COVID. Yeah. And if you don't have any more news, maybe we uh, take a break? Take a little break, and we got to dig up some sort of turkey today. This is We're in dire straits here, folks. We are. And we'll be right back with some impassioned turkey reviews. This is. Hey, team. We're back from break. And we just watched... A little picture that goes by the name The Matrix. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, I have, <laughs> in fact. And it turns out they're making a new one. Yes. it's. I, I like the fact that I was able to watch a two-hour, 20-minute movie. Granted, I was doing stuff because life happens. But my point is the movie went by with a blink of an eye. Mm. Whereas most 90-minute movies written and directed today feel like four hours. Yeah. Like, they don't make movies like this anymore. And I hate to be the guy (laughs) to say stuff like that, but... They don't make them like they used to. They really don't. No, they don't. And it's nice to have a movie that we can, like, praise for a bit. I feel like I've been negative lately. I've been nitpicking maybe even more than usual. More than anyone thought possible. Well, and there was almost nothing that we could have watched this week that wouldn't have been just a couple of cunts yeah. down here just <laughs> henpecking every scene. Like, well, you know, what the thing that I hated about it. Yeah. I have legitimately nothing bad to say about this movie. I think it's a masterpiece. And like as close to perfect as a movie could five even be. Five stars out of five, yeah. I don't have anything really negative to say either. And yeah, this is... Could have been more babes. Ooh, there's a, there's my feedback. I mean, More babes. Trinity's nothing to sneeze at, but that's a fair critique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The Matrix is now on HBO Max and probably in your DVD collection. Should we do a summary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's this guy in the future, and he realizes <laughs> that The Matrix is everywhere. That's the best part about it is like, I used to watch it just as like, oh, this is a really cool sci-fi action movie. And it works on that level. But now I watch it, and I'm like, this is the smartest movie ever made like the story's incredible and like gets better as time goes on becomes more mm. realistic and thinks we live in a matrix i do yeah yes i think my matrix is particularly frustrating like when i order the new iphone 13 mm. and they give me a delivery window of basically a 12 hour period and now it's the 12th hour of that delivery window 
and they are actually, not making that. It actually just window. hit seven. The time that they said yes. it would be the latest it would possibly latest arrive. it would possibly be here is seven. So I'm really glad that I uh, <laughs> just waited around all day, Mister Ankner. Your iPhone is not coming today. I just go outside and start throwing punches and kicks at the UPS driver and like bullets are whizzing by both of us. Hell yeah. The iPhone is what? Is the is the spaceship out? Yes. Green yeah. light. Either way, I do often, I don't agree. There are a lot of people that walk around believing like the simulation theory stuff mm. and that nothing is real. And I like the bit of that. It's fun and I wish I believed in all that stuff, but mm. uh, I don't know. I have a lot of evidence that uh, I have been re- reincarnated Ooh. from um, a pigeon. Oh, in shit. Fact. You're on that tip now? Uh-huh. I'm into that. Yep. It's getting earthy. So I'm okay with that. But yeah, this is a movie. I watched this like once a year at least. I, even, I watched it like three weeks ago when the trailer for the fourth one came out. Because mm. I was just like, yeah, let's just pop this on. It's incredible every time. It's never boring. I'm never like, oh, this... This part's a little down. It's just, it's incredible. Every shot is great. Every idea is great. Every line of dialogue became like an iconic, famous line that every movie for years afterwards skewered. You know, I know Kung Fu, guns, lots of guns. I should have written them all down. There's like. I know, that would have been a fun, like, uh, super cut. Yeah. There's one like every minute. And we need more movies like this. Yeah. Truly. Like I put nobody, the Bob Odenkirk movie from the same people who made John Wick. Funny enough. I would say that movie is the closest we're going to get to like an action movie that doesn't feel like it was written for people that can't read Mm. and just like has a little bit of depth. Like, I don't know. And now I sound like I can't read, but I, I, (laughs) I don't want to say I want a smart action movie because typically that will kick. And I hate sci-fi almost mm. always for me to love a sci-fi movie like the matrix is just to, it's a, it's a full on salute to how excellent that filmmaking is. Yeah. It's got it all. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to hear someone explain what they didn't like about this. What didn't <laughs> what you like about didn't it? Didn't you like about it? That the classics. Really fuck me up. But yeah, even the cast, like Keanu's oh, yeah. perfect. It was supposed to be Will Smith, famously. I feel like everybody knows this. Would have been a whole different movie. Him just giving up this and Django Unchained. Good call, bud. No. But don't worry. You got those men in blacks. Aha. Yeah, they made money, but still. I made some mistakes. I thought it was fun. Neo and Trinity meet to the Rob Zombie song, Dragula. Actually, like a cool techno remix of it. I was really charmed by that. I feel like that remix lives and dies with the Matrix. Like I've never heard it anywhere else. Yeah. I don't even think it's on the Rob Zombie album. Yeah. I think the mate if memory serves, the Matrix soundtrack may even have the regular Dragula on it, not that. Ooh. I yeah, own the Matrix do. soundtrack. It's in my CDs that are around here somewhere. You have an incredible CD collection, particularly soundtrack wise. I remember I was clipping through it a couple times ago and I was floored. A lot of them are missing. <gasps> If you leaf through, I have them like in a stack somewhere that I have no idea where it is. It's fucked up. I know. I'm going over to my mom's at some point soon to go through the remainder of my old stuff. But the DVD collection Ooh. is fully intact and it's here in this basement. 
but the CDs are mostly here and there's like spindles like that the burned CDs used to come in yeah. hidden somewhere with okay. probably hundreds of random CDs on them. That'll be such a funny find, finding all your old ank mixes. Well, I have those actually. Okay. I found those in my, those are in my trunk of my car. Monty and I did a road trip, Turkey Head Monty, hey, bud. did a road trip from uh, Massachusetts to Connecticut and then Connecticut to New York and then New York to Pennsylvania Kid. and we listened to all of them basically because there you can get through each one in like an hour so yeah. we just we ripped through like I don't know like fast we ripped through a lot of them That's some fun road trip stuff mm. but yeah this also the script is very good like the mm. whole movie they're explaining like the world of the movie which they have to because it's a very heady like big idea but they do it in an interesting way where it doesn't feel like you're just listening to endless exposition. Mm. Like they sneak it into an action scene and make it fun and memorable. Like every time I watch this, I'm like, is this the greatest movie ever made? I think it <laughs> is. Is this in your top five? Yes. We can finally have a yes. on, on a, a, This is a this is a big enough moment, folks. Yeah. We're getting confirmation on one of Scott's top five. It's this in. is a very big moment for us. Yeah. I, no hesitation. It's in. It's there. So it's this and the Pelican Brief <laughs> and... Welcome uh, to Marwen. Clerks 2 <laughs> and... Uh, Blood, uh, bloodshot, 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 and blood diamond. Bloodshot and blood diamond. Okay, it's a tie. Cheated at the end for a bit. And blade, yes, blade trinity, daywalker. So that's the Matrix. New one's coming out. Yeah, you're gonna love it. If you've not seen the Matrix, you're an idiot. How about that? And also, you said you're gonna give uh, two and three a revisit. I think I might. I got a free weekend. Ooh. And LD will be at work tomorrow, so I may rip through a couple. I've watched four movies today, almost five when I finished Voyeurs, which was my goal. Kids putting up numbers. I'm putting up numbers. I'm about to hit 300 on Letterboxd. Ooh. And I'm going to push and believe my way to 400 before the end of the year. Oh yeah. Is the goal. I'm going to be tight, but... Yeah, you're way ahead of me. I feel like there's no chance for me to even like kind of catch up. Maybe. But we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. If, I, if I could put down 100 movies, that's tough. That means I cannot fall below a movie a day. Mm. <laughs> right? October, all of October, all of November, all of December. That's three months. We'll call it, that's about 90, 30 days has September, April, June. So those months all have 31 days. So that's 93 days. And then there's what? 10 days left or six days. So, so there's, a, there's 99 days left in the year. And if I need to, hit, I need to get a movie a day. I can't, I can't dip below that. You can that, do it, which is tough because sometimes I don't watch a movie until the weekend. Yeah, but I so mean, I have to really hit it on the weekend. When you're having five movie days, I, I have faith in you, folks. That you can pull it off. You really gotta pray for me. I need this <laughs> stat. I need that four. He's gotta have it. Some kid followed me on Letterboxd the other day that had like five hundred. This and year, I think so. I remember looking at it like, what the f-? He was like a film student, and he's like 19. I was like, how? <laughs> how? Yeah, I see certain people, and I'm like, I thought I was fucked up. You're taking in like, you're just going nuts over there. Well, it's the part that sucks is even if you have the time, sometimes there's just literally nothing. 
And it's mm. like, yeah, I could like go through one of my lists of like classics in my phone that I've been meaning to watch, but that's not fun. Yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, that's fun to save for like a show thing. Right. Like we're going to watch this. What else have we watched? Speaking of watching. I know I took in a couple of days ago and you watched as part of your marathon earlier, a little picture called The Voyeurs, which is <gasps> a new Amazon Prime Ridge. I didn't quite finish it. But the beginning was cool, and then it kind of, you know, to give. Sorry, you have a summary. No, it's fine. The uh, the stars Sydney Sweeney, Sweeney, friend and lover of the show, sister. uh, Yeah, keep that in mind. Sister, you sicko. (laughs) New bit. But yeah, she's uh, she's really blowing up. She was on the White Lotus. She's on Euphoria. She's a blonde babe. You were critiquing her chops. You don't think she's got the stuff acting-wise? I don't. Fuck. I don't think she's that great. Mm. I do think she's quite pretty, but... Yes. And she was... For whatever reason, her role in Euphoria made tons of sense to me. Mm. And that's just because she was like almost like in a fever dream or something in that entire series. Yeah. So I don't know. So like this movie, they gave her a little more rope, and she didn't know what rope. to do with it. I gave her a rope. <laughs> Me too, actually. He's back. No, um, but this movie, she moves into a new place with her boyfriend, and they become obsessed with watching the people across the street have sex because they can like see through the windows. And then a bunch of wackiness happens from there. You can probably imagine I got a meets. where such a thing might go. Hit me with that meets. Eagle Eye meets Get Out. Oh, it's an interesting meet. And the Get Out one is flimsy, but it's a lot of Eagle Eye trappings of... For people who don't remember Eagle Eye, it was a pretty enjoyable Shia LaBeouf vehicle from uh, probably like 10 or so years ago at this point. I think more. I remember having like a torrented copy of Eagle Eye like on my iPad video or mm. iPod video, like thinking that was like a state-of-the-art thing. I remember Poop being oddly into Eagle Eye. And like Eagle when, Eye. When I was at Blockbuster, like, can you get me a copy of Eagle Eye? I need a rewatch. Uh, poop do you listen probably not how are you if poop is listening right now i'm gonna i want you to re- remember the time that you and joe played the punching game wow and i want you, you i want both of you to come on the show and basically hash out the whole event apologize to each other and then hug live on the air that'll be big that'll be the biggest show in history that sounds like a w- somebody make that happen i'm like the don king of that happening right now We'll do that for like our 150th episode spectacular. That's Something coming cool up like that. A couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was funny. The uh, the whole premise of this movie is just silly because this guy who's dating Sydney Sweeney is obsessed with watching the people across the street have sex. Like, why don't you just have sex with your perfect looking girlfriend? The whole movie is just like dumb, just based on that. Yeah. Well, funny thing about relationships. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but just like it plays odd when you're watching it. You're no, just, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I-, I thought it was hot when like they were banging while the couple across the street was banging. I was like, I'd be into that. Yeah. It was spicy. Oh, yeah. And yeah, this had some uh, nice sex scenes. Oh, yeah. I was trying to think of a S-E-X. not creepy way to say that, and I failed. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to talk about a movie like this, especially given mm. that like it's kind of a movie that feels like it was written for somebody who's in gen z Mm. like 
just just the trimmings of it. I don't know. It just didn't feel like an like a older millennial movie. Like it's like, oh, I just watched The Matrix again. Yeah. Now I'm gonna settle in for uh, <laughs> what is this called again? The Voyeurs. The Voyeurs. I'm surprised there's never been a movie called The Voyeurs before. Yeah, that's um, true. I don't know. I gotta finish it. Most of the way through. Yeah. And I won't spoil it, but it does get pretty ludicrous at the end. There's a twist that will maybe make you laugh. Maybe you'll think is cool. Yeah, this was this is like a very silly but watchable Mm. dumb thriller. All right. Is what I'm gonna file. What do you give it out of five? I think on Letterboxd I gave it a healthy three out of five. I was gonna say you throw out threes (laughs) like (laughs) Oprah giving away (laughs) modest sedans. Just firing off those threes. Me to like any you average three, movie on Netflix. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. No, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, the Sydney Sweeney's Big and Heavies probably took it from a two and a half to a three. The very first scene where her sweater is just like grasping up against them, I was like, this is just ruining my day. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to look at that. <laughs> Get that out of here. Next level, babe. But yeah, that's The Voyeurs. It's on Prime if you're in the mood for like a trashy, dumb kind of thriller. It's a free one. Indeed. Monty, we know you love that free. Get in there. Ooh, yeah. Monty, you'll love it. Be a new favorite. And I know we both checked out season two of Love on the Spectrum, which is a Netflix reality dating series that, as the title might suggest, focuses on people on the spectrum of autism, dating, and this show is like oddly charming. I thought it was cute, yeah. This is like the opposite of the Bachelor type shows, <laughs> where like, it's it's actually like nice, sweet people who, you're just like, oh, look at this rascal, I hope he, one of these speed dates works out for him, type deal. I think I prefer my reality TV, just all monsters. Yeah, you need those bits. I do. The main guy on the show, this guy Michael, who he was on the last season, you were saying they need to give him his own show. Michael is the whole show. Yeah, like he's when he's rolling in in a suit, there's a scene where he like says that he wants to be a gangster, and they're like, yeah. well, "Michael, do you know what gangsters do?" And he was like, "I don't want to do that anymore." Yeah, he doesn't like realize how funny he is, and yeah. just he says like very blunt, silly things. Lucy loves this show, so I should give it another try. We're like I said last week, we are been. Powering through Married at First Sight season twelve and thirteen back to back. Did you watch the first eleven? We've watched like a few randomly, so oh, okay. eventually, yet the answer to that question will be yes. <laughs> I will make it happen for fucked you. Up. I'm a fucked up guy. Yeah. How does he watch four hundred movies a year and all this trash television, folks? <laughs> Basically, what you got to do is the only social life that you have has to be either going to the movies or doing a podcast about movies while watching movies. Mm. And spend all of your remaining hours, even at work, on your breaks, watching television and film. Yeah. Like, literally, I'll do three sessions in the morning. I take a little break. I watch a movie. I do three sessions in the afternoon. Boom. Do another one. Go to bed. Yeah. Watch movies. Go to bed. Watch TV. Go to bed. It's a sacrifice. But yeah. You do it for the turkey heads. There's a TV behind you. There's a TV behind <laughs> me. There's three <laughs> other TVs upstairs. Like, we're good. There's, there's something in every room. We're TV guys. We are. I think I need a second TV tattoo. Ooh. (laughs) I mean, I agree, now that you mention it. And speaking of TV, another show I know we've both been watching a little bit. Why? The Last Man? A new... I hate that why. I know it's Y chromosome, but I hate it. Yeah. It's choppy. 
which this is on FX and or Hulu. It's based on a very popular comic book or graphic novel. I'm Didn't not know sure. that. Yeah, it's like one of the big, I think it's by Brian K. Vaughn, who's done like a bunch of huge ones that have all got turned into movies or shows. Oh. Excuse me. Hey. Belchy boy. But yeah, this show is, uh, it's about like, you know, a future not too far away where all of a sudden every man on earth dies. The show is pandering to women. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yes, girl, this would be the world for me. (laughs) Hinge isn't working out. Let's just get rid of all of them. (laughs) This is our show. This Uh, is just for me, girl. Yeah. Get the popcorn. I'm going to take my diaphragm out. (laughs) Hell yes. Uh, I don't know. The first episode was awesome, mm. which sucks. Shows are always so pilot heavy where it's like, wow, we just sold the show. Now we're going to pump out a couple of mediocre episodes and then have a big finish to keep everybody hooked. Yeah, they do that a lot where they hook you and then it's just like, you know what? That pilot was so hot. We're going to be boring for two episodes. What do you think? I I don't think we need the amount of character development that most TV executives think we need. Yeah. Like, some shows don't do it at all. And I can't think of a great example of a show that just just like do it artfully, but with also violence and, and action and whatever else. Yeah. The classic show, Don't Tell. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. But yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's got a, a good cast, an almost all female cast that uh, Olivia Thurlby, do you know who that is? I'm sure. Which character is she? She's the one who's on the journey with her brother. Okay. And they got the one that's like kind of recognized. She was in that movie, The Wackness. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's great. She's a know, babe. Yeah. I don't I know like where her. she's been, but it was nice to see her in something. Yeah, she's been on ice. <coughs> Scott is dying, actually, folks. He has COVID. So if you have the antibodies and you know, or if you have some ivermectin, perhaps bring it to the chill zone yeah. and and give it to him. I text, throw the kitchen sink at him. I texted Chris Rock. He's en route. <laughs> I got COVID. But yeah, and this isn't a spoiler. I think it's the whole setup for the show. We learn there is one man. Spoiler alert. Who has survived. And he just happens to be the son of like the president who's played by Diane Lane. And so she's another person they had to blow the dust off of for this. Yeah. Like, where has she been? Like Hallmark movies? She's been playing uh, <laughs> Superman's mom for like two scenes in each of those movies. And I think that's it for a while. Okay. Mm. Yeah, this is, I'm digging it. Like you said, the pilot was heavy. It's been losing me a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to stick I'll with it. I'll keep watching it. It's, you know, like an apocalyptic wasteland type show. Lucy showing. loves the. Uh, post-apocalyptic anything so like this was an easy sell for her but it's neither of us are really loving it yeah i'm usually all about it i just feel like that subgenre has been overloaded it's a lot yeah that it's like that's it's it was zombies for a few years and now it's post-apocalyptic stuff and viruses people think that like because covid hasn't been enough in real life that they should work it in in like a songbird type fashion of like, well, what if there was a virus that was even worse than COVID? Yeah, the t- what would that be like? Yeah, the timing of the show is weird because the yeah. graphic novel is like very old. So for it to come out like right now does seem odd. Mm. For all we know, given the way that we as a planet handled COVID, I honestly mm. like if something like this happened, I would not be surprised if it played out just like the show. Yeah. 
where everybody's just sort of taking advantage of one another and then everyone dies. Yeah. I think Walking Dead did a lot to like ruin apocalyptic stuff. Because watching this show, it just reminds me of The Walking Dead. Just Ugh. like the vibe of it. Anything that takes place in the wasteland just reminds you of that Walking Dead. Jeffrey Dean Morgan just cashing in for life. <laughs> and like, you ever watch Magic City? That was really my more of my passion project. <laughs> we only got eight episodes, but I mean, I really think we had a lot to do there. Oh, that star show that even the turkey boys didn't see? Oh, I watched all of it. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. I'm a sick maniac. <laughs> My God. But yeah, that's why The Last Man, it's on FX on Hulu. We'll be sticking with that for a bit. Morning show is white hot. I hope you've oh, yeah. finally gotten in there. I'm going to try. I keep forgetting about it. Billions. Huh? Billions and Morning Show are both roaring right now. Morning Show has a chance. Billions, I won't. You would never... actually like Morning Show. I don't recommend Billions. For yeah, you. I think I saw the pilot when it first came out and enjoyed it, yeah. and then it just fell off. Um, what's his face? Billy Crudup's character in Morning Show is literally like one of my favorite characters in anything of all in of all time. He's usually really good. Yeah. He's a he's a scene stealer. He might deserve a spot on the Wall of Kings. I thought about that. Who could I bump for him, though? Because I'm running out of room here. And I was thinking about starting another row up here. I like the idea games. of you throwing crud up up there. Yeah, expand it. Why not? I can't Come bump on. anybody. When you look around, there's no bumpable people on this wall. Like, what am I going to take down? Candy? Vin Diesel? Unbumpable. Keaton? Unbumpable. No one on these walls is bumpable. Not yeah. a single person. Yeah. I agree. So, I got to go up top. Whole new row. What the fuck? I got to measure how many I need. Because then it's like, what do, if I need 70 more of them? Did you stick with that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt Apple Mr. TV Corman? show? Are you still in we there? We finally bailed. Yeah. I was going to bring that up too. I watched one episode and was like, this is okay. The pilot's good. Yeah. And then it gives, I'm forgetting his name, the Hispanic guy. Oh, from Broad City? Yeah, yeah. It gives He's him funny. way too much rope for like an entire episode. The second episode is all about him. And yeah. I'm like, uh, and then the third episode, and then like Logic is in an episode. He plays a guy who, who dies. Oops, spoiler alert. And it's just oh like, God. it's it, it's not good. It mm. really isn't. I do not recommend it. Apple TV Plus, Mr. Corman, no thank you. Yeah. Their but, shows seem even less real than like Netflix shows. <laughs> Apple TV, yeah, it's, it's like a dreamscape. Yeah. When you see a new show pop up there, it's typically like you haven't heard any promotion for it either. It's like, wait, like... Mosquito Coast, like Justin Thoreau, like is this, what is this? They have a show on Apple TV Plus called Lysi's Story. It's based on a Stephen King book, and he wrote every single episode. It stars Clive Owen and Julianne Moore. I've never heard anyone mention it, I shut it off. in the real world, even just to acknowledge it exists. Yeah, it doesn't exist at all. It's, Not even a little bit. It's a, it's a myth. It's amazing how like big, high-profile things with, you know... Big names involved. It's just like, what is this? And it's huh? Apple is the biggest company on earth too. It's like Apple and Tesla are like the big dogs. And it's like, well, they made this show. Have you not heard of it? And it's like, yeah. no, because they didn't say anything about it. They just expect us to buy it like the iPhone. It's wild. Which is still not here. Fuck. I think that's what we watched this week. Why don't we rip through a little bit of Wedding Crashers? Ooh. Does that sound good? Sounds cool. Just to let the fans know, uh, I'm going to be checking out the new Netflix series Midnight Mass from uh, Mike Flanagan, who did Doctor Sleep, 
Hush, a bunch of other weird horror movies I'm a big fan of. And he also did The House on Haunted Hill and that other, or no, The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of whatever the other one was on Netflix. He's good. He's got a new show, Midnight Mass. I'm going to be checking it out. And folks, next week we got Venom 2. So you're going to want to buckle up for that. This is another weird 90. Owen Wilson, like, speak from your heart. (laughs) You know, someone once told me that true love is the soul's recognition of its counterpoint in another. And I think that that's a very rare thing in this world. Isn't that nice? And I think it's something to be valued. I'm welling up. And I'm just Are you really? No. (laughs) Were you ever? No. (laughs) At this? No. Is this like the shlomo part or did we do that already? Oh wow. A lot of laughless nineties. I know. Vince Vaughn's sideburns in this are so wacky. First time. You kidding me? Those are some powerful burns. As it happens. We're going to be so happy together. I love you. I'm sorry? I love you. I don't know. You gotta... I didn't grasp how scary that would be as a man when I first saw this at like 21 or whatever. Yeah. You see it, and it's like, she's hot. Who cares? Yeah, she's a babe. What's wrong with that? It's like, no, 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 no. That's a crazy person. NBD, bro. Oh, that's all I'm looking for is just someone to say they love me. So that's it for us here at Enough, the podcast, episode 137. Hey, now. We need some follows on social media. Yes. At Enough, the podcast, at Podcast Enough, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, for me, my plug this week is ankfit.com. And I still need trainers, and the $500 bounty is still available. Oh, yes. That's, that's a, it for me. That's a serious offer. Oh, yeah. Hit them up, folks. Ankfit.com. I'm just going to promote the usual things. Check out the South Shore Boys podcast, new episode this week. And yeah. Shoot us an email if you're feeling spicy and off the podcast at gmail.com. Spicier. And if you would have a goo, I think that would be nice. Listen, buddy, I gotta go, but thank you. And this, we're actually at an early episode this week. This should be out thir- Friday morning after we see Venom seek or Venom Let There Be Carnage in theaters this Thursday. So that's gonna be exciting for everybody. Yes, Eddie. That's a pretty good venom. Keep that going. He's in. <laughs> Folks, have a good one. Have a good one.